0: It is impossible to fail if you take care of people. The more that you give for the sake of giving, the more the world, the universe, whatever higher power you believe in, returns it to you. All right, welcome back to All or Nothing in Real Estate, episode six, turning one client into three. Guys, it's a blessing to be back here with with you for episode number six. Can you believe it, Colin? We're
1: moving fast, that's for sure.
0: Episode six of many. Um, So, uh, as always, I've got my co-host, Colin. Colin, say hi. Hey, guys. So, guys, we're excited to bring you value. Hopefully, you found value from all the episodes so far. We're trying to mix in um, some mindset stuff, some practical things, and then some special guests. We've got more special guests coming, so stay tuned for future episodes. Um, Hint, hint, some very, very big names that if you're in real estate, I promise you know who they are and they're going to be on our show. So that's exciting. Um, So on this episode, Colin, we're going to break down how to turn one client into three. Mm -hmm. You've heard me talk about this to the team over and over again, so much so that you said, hey, I think this is a topic we need to talk about. Yes. Um, And so there's so many moving parts to this, but it's so simple, yet most businesses don't do it. Mm And so through this episode, we're going to break down some specific examples I've experienced where Colin said, stop talking because um, this is good. Save it for the show. Uh-huh. Um, so hopefully I can get some passion about that too when we get there, but about how other businesses I've experienced from the consumer standpoint have helped me shape our strategy for for, uh, for our business moving forward. And we've used that in real estate.
1: Right. Well, the main topic here is cu- uh, client acquisition. How do I get more people in the pipeline? And uh, we're going to kind of dive into that on how simple it actually is uh, and how easy it is to mess up too.
0: (laughs) It is very easy to mess up because there's so many people that focus on the new client versus taking care of the one they already have. Um, So quick story before we dive into the, the content is I remember a leader in my real estate past said, quote, it is easier to get a new lead than to worry about this one, that we already sold a house to. They don't matter to me anymore. I can buy a new lead tomorrow. So that exists in our real estate world. So part of my story about where I've came from and why we've developed a lot of these systems that we've had, like the face, the look on your face says it all.
1: Well, yeah, it says that clients are disposable, that you you just come in, it's like, I don't care about you because there's 10 more that can take your place tomorrow.
0: 100 percent. And that was the attitude and the mentality, not only for the clients, but also for the employees, et cetera. Um, And so, again, if. You want to hear more about that, um, listen to episode one. Um, great story. Me and my wife share. It was like two and a half hours. Of, we just pour our hearts out about where we came from and how we've created this and the hardships that are now blessings and lots of good stuff. So make, sure you, make sure that you go back and listen to episode one. But I, I wanted to tell that story because that really helped shape my framework for what we do here, right? And it's not, it's not just about making a sale. As a matter of fact, we don't use the word sale here. We replace that word with the word help. We try to help as many people as we possibly can. And if we happen to make money doing that, great. But we focus on how can we help that person. Because we realize here that people, clients, community, that's our number one asset. It's not disposable. There's not just, oh, you can buy another one. No, we want to take care of them because that's our number one asset. So we're going to break down how we've used that to take one client and turn that into three. That is our goal. It's important for you guys that are listening. That's our goal with every client that we get whether it's a lead, whether it's somebody that, a past client, whether it's a vendor, whoever it is that we come in contact with. Every time I have a face-to-face conversation, one of our core values here is build positive and fun relationships. And so what I want to do with that relationship is I want to treat you so well that you tell three of your friends. Mm -hmm. And if I have that mentality with everybody that I contact with, like I'm in contact with, how can your business not succeed? Because I, I don't know if you have noticed, Colin, I know I have, and maybe listeners have too, but you go out to a restaurant, and go out to eat. It's hard to get a good waiter or waitress. Customer service is a dying thing. It's hard. It's hard to find good customer service, and this is so important and near and dear to my heart and to my business that I've tipped over hundred dollars before. If you're a good waiter or waitress, because you did that well of a job. But I've also not tipped you mm-hmm. because if you expect me to tip you and you don't give me good service, then I'm I'm sorry. You just right. don't, you didn't deserve it. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's just one of those things. But if you think about that, I'm trying to paint. it in perspective if if you really put customer service at the forefront of whatever business you are in especially a service-based business like real estate it will it can't help but propel your business
1: for sure i mean you look at what are the things that i'm recommending in my regular life you most likely had a really good customer experience there that you're like this was fantastic you guys have to go check out this restaurant the service was amazing the ambiance whatever and vice versa if you're like this restaurant was awful. This uh, the service was terrible. And you're actually marketing against it. Um, so it easy to turn, um, to just multiply and you say, all right, so what are people doing around me that I love and that I'm talking about already? Um, because you're, you're being that advertising for them.
0: hundred percent. So I, I wrote down a note when you said that the way I, that I explained that is everybody's got a guy, right? Yeah. Everybody's got a guy that is your go-to for buying a car. Everybody's got a guy that you go to, Hey, you need a plumber. Oh, I got a guy you need a roofer you you name it you got a you got a guy or a place for your your place whenever one of your friends says hey I want to take my wife out for dinner you've got a place that you recommend so everybody has that yeah. person how did most of those businesses most of those people become that guy or that place
1: yes it's by
0: delivering a customer experience and owning the conversation when they're not there
1: let, let me hit on that real quick for each of you thinking about your guy for each of those situations, whether it's someone who does your hair, or your plumber, or your lawn, or whatever. Think about it. What is it that they're doing that makes them that guy for you? Yep. That you're like, oh, you know what? The reason I like this person is because X, Y, Z. If you can duplicate some of that, I mean, then there you go, right there. Then you just say, well, how, how do I, how do I um, get it to where people are talking about me? do what they're doing, uh, which is taking good care of people.
0: So I I call that Mm R&D. I say that all the time, it's it's not research and development. (laughs) We have an R&D department, but it's not research and development. It's rip off and duplicate. So I wanna find my lawn guy, my person that cuts my hair, the best waiter I ever had, any of those things, and find out, pick out things, what did they do to not only just do the job well, Mm -hmm. but to make me feel special, to make me feel like, you know what, if somebody asked me about this, I'm going to recommend this person. And if you think about that, every good experience that you have, if you, if you think about that, like Colin said, and you try to implement in that into your daily life, into your business, you're not, I'm telling you, you cannot help but succeed. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to fail when you take care of people. Yeah. Dude, that's a great quote. We should save that.
1: It is, it is impossible
0: to fail if you take care of people because it sounds so simple. But there's so many businesses out there that do it for the wrong reasons, that don't do it to take care of people. And if you just take care of people, I'm a huge believer in the law of reciprocity. The more that you give for the sake of giving, the more the world, the universe, whatever higher power you believe in, returns it to yeah. you. I believe it a thousand percent. I've experienced it over and over and over again in my life.
1: 100%. I mean, I'm going to put a very basic example, but think of like uh, TV shows in general that uh, your friends recommended. Um, uh, the way that a TV show continues to grow is someone says, hey man, you got to check this out. It's fantastic. They sh- watch it. They show it to their friends. They show it to their friends. Yep. And I, I mean, the, the same thing is with businesses across the board. Um, so just getting a good client, get, focusing on how can I make this an unforgettable service for this person today? Yep then that's just going to duplicate over and over and over again.
0: Yeah. So one of my mentors, Andy Fursella, who we actually stole some show notes for to, to, to rip off and duplicate for this show, right? Is he talks about the example of, I don't care. He's like, what is the most boring thing that I can think of if I were to own a business? He's he came up with a tire shop. There's nothing exciting about a tire shop, but he gave like 18 examples of if he owned a tire shop, what he would do to make that customer feel above and beyond. Mm. Right. And, and went in depth into that. And so, that's an example of take anything. Let's use Starbucks as an example. Yeah. Like, whether you're a fan, whether you, whatever you think about Starbucks, they have it taken a simple, <laughs> a simple bean and hot water and made it a hot commodity. I don't know about you. I've never, ever been by a Starbucks between the hours of 6 a.m. and 11 a.m. that there's not a line out the door or a drive through where you can't get in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Not one. It's a bean and hot water. But what have they done? They have delivered a superior product, a superior experience, and people want to go back because that's their guy. That's their place for coffee.
1: Yes. You've, d- you've developed brand loyalty at that point and they're not going to go anywhere else.
0: Loyalty. Let's get back to that. Make yeah. a note there because that's a huge one. So let's break this down. Um, so I've got some show notes here to, to keep on track. Otherwise, I'd be on tangents all day. Um, So that's why I have Colin here. So he gave me some great notes. I want
1: to hit all the content for you guys in one package.
0: hundred percent. So customer service one-on-one. So customer service is not about making a sale today. Too many businesses, especially real estate agents, because you can make that one sale and it could, you could, that one sale could pay your bills for the month, Mm -hmm. right? That's the fortune of being in the business that we are, but I want to caution you and always think long-term because to build customer service, it's about forging a relationship and building loyalty over a lifetime. If you think about the lifetime value of a customer versus what are they worth in this one transaction, I'm telling you, your, your world will change. And so going back to the example earlier is I always look at the lifetime value. What, how can I make this person such a raving fan of me, of my company, of my brand, that they not only will tell all their friends, but next time they do business, they're going to come back to me right? How do I create that experience? Because you break down a company that talks about ac- uh, customer acquisition. Customer acquisition cost is, if you look at watch Shark Tank or any of these shows, that's always a topic of discussion. If you're an investor, whatever, is yeah. what does it cost you to acquire a customer? But they're asking the wrong damn question. Acquiring customers isn't the name of the game. Because if you take care of your current customers, they will acquire customers for you at a tenth or less of the cost.
1: So the real question should be, what's your brand loyalty?
0: Yes what is your return rate of customers? Mm -mm. How many people come to you versus you having to trap them, right? As an example, one of the things that we track, a metric as a real estate company we track, is how many people call us to do business with us.
1: Yeah, a lot. (laughs) It was over
0: 400 last year (laughs) because of this stuff that we're laying out for you. Mm -hmm. And so over 400 people called a real estate office in a very, very small town and said, hey, I've heard good things. I want to work with you. How much easier as a real estate company is to make your business whenever people call you and ask, can I work with you? Versus you chasing business.
1: And I want to, to attract them on it and being like, hey, well, this is why you should work with me. Instead, they come in day one and they say, listen, my buddy, Joe and Fred said, you are the go-to guy. Hook me up. Don't,
0: yeah. Don't get me wrong. We still have great sales tactics. We still We still train our agents. We have great, great people that are able to articulate that value in a proper way. But when you're articulating that value to somebody that already knows who you are and knows what you stand for, it's a different ballgame. You're not talking to strangers anymore. And so that's the power of building the long game. I remember, um, Colin, you know Ryan, right? He was my very first assistant. <laughs> I know now, him quite
1: well. <laughs> now he's
0: our COO. Yeah. And I remember when we were under a different umbrella, we had just started the team. And we had all of our listings taken away. Go back and listen to episode one for more on that story. I won't bore you with it here, but it, it was it was not easy starting the team, right? And so... I remember we were with, I'll just say, we were with Century 21 at the time. Mm -hmm. And so we had just formed a team called Matt Smith Real Estate Group. Nobody knew who that was, but everybody knew who Century 21 was. Mm -hmm. And so I remember I would have to listen in on Ryan on his calls because he'd wait till I shut my door and didn't think I could hear him. And he'd call the leads and he'd he'd introduce himself. This is Ryan with Century 21. Mm -hmm. And I had to come in and correct him.
1: No, no, no. (laughs) No, we're not with
0: Century 21. We're building a brand here. And so it was a long, hard uphill battle. Like even me, like I would say, I would introduce myself. Hey, it's Matt Smith with Matt oh, Smith Real Estate yeah. Group. They're like, who are you with? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I would even say, have to say with Centure 21, so I got that recognition. Mm-hmm. But I always mentioned the team name because I wanted to build that brand. Because what we did was different than what Century 21 does. Mm-hmm. Like they were an asset to our business at the time. Sure. but. We we out we outgrew that and all that stuff, but it was a I wanted to build a brand, I wanted to build that customer loyalty. So now when somebody hears, like, dude, I'm telling you, it's it's crazy. We're in a pretty small market, but I it's hard for me to go anywhere without being recognized, and it's it's weird. Like I remember Amanda told me, uh, my wife Amanda said, I I'm not taking you to Walmart anymore. And I said why? She's like, you can't go there without having 18 conversations. No I'm just trying to get groceries and get out. <laughs> She's like, everybody knows you and wants to talk to you. Yeah. And what's weird is I'm, I'm such an introvert. Like, you know, I'm not (laughs) that small talk guy, but what I did was I was able to make sure that people trusted me and I took care of them and they knew that if they sent me friends, I was going to give, I had their best interest at heart and I was going to do whatever it took to do the right thing because I was always playing the long game. So, um, let's get back to how do you create that?
1: We could, I want to attest yep. to that. I can actually uh, vouch for that presence in the area. I'll wear the Matt Smith logo uh, around the place and I'll get people, I had cashier stop me the other day and she's like, oh, Matt Smith, I know that guy and like this and that, so it's very much like I'll, I'll decide where to wear the shirt and where not to Yeah. just because it, it, it has built so strongly now uh, in, in the town. So you say, how can I create that? Start investing in each relationship. How can I make a sale out of this? How can I help this person in a year from now? What can I put into this person that would would bring this about later on?
0: Well, you have to remember the lifetime value of that one person. It starts with one. And if you focus, so too many people want to get everybody in the funnel. You can't be everything to everybody. It's impossible. So what can I do to that person that's in front of me? What can I do with Colin right now to provide him so much value that he's going to go home and talk to his friends that are interested in buying and selling real estate that, hey, you have to talk to my guy right? How how are you going to own that conversation when you're not there? So I'm going to break that down. So there's there's three things that are important, the essentials of customer service. It's education. You have to be able to educate your database, right? So as an example, one of our core values at Matt Smith Real Estate Group is education. It's not only important that we are always learning, right? It used to be called always be learning. Um, But um, one of our former team members, Amanda Gann, who's no longer with us, unfortunately, um, came up with it. And said, you know, I want us to always be learning. But she's like, I feel like a part of what we do is educate our clients as well. And so, why don't we change it to education? And now it can be inward and outward facing. We are always learning, working on our education, but it's so we can better educate the public. Yes. And so, education—if you don't educate people on what you do, you're not going to build that trust or that customer service. Mm-hmm. So that goes to the next one: you got to build trust. People have to trust you, especially in this business. Unfortunately, there are real estate agents and real estate companies that have reputations of being like a used car salesman, right? And it's just, it's a stigma, but it's a real thing because there are those people out there. There are those guys, right? right? And so now let's talk about the power of brand and loyalty when you built that education and they trust you. So they know know that whatever it is that they're, let's say they're looking to buy or sell a home well, they know how the process works because you've educated them. There's no more uh, paralysis by analysis because they don't understand how the process works because you've properly educated them on that. And then by a byproduct of that is you've built trust. Wow. And so now, what does that create? It creates loyalty to your brand. Yeah. That's what every business wants. They just don't know how to articulate it and they don't know how to build customer service as a priority. Like people have customer service departments just so they can deal with the bad news that's coming in. Why don't you have a customer service department that is outward facing to service your customers before they're upset?
1: Why do people think of that backwards?
0: Why am I the only one that thinks this way? Customer service is something that you should do on purpose, not as a reactionary thing. Why aren't you proactive with your customer service versus reactive?
1: It's like a customer complaint department. It's not a service. It's like, all right, we're going to fix this. uh, And instead, wow, what if you spun that on his head? What would that look like? It would look,
0: it would look something like the number 15 ranked real estate team in the nation. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, but we still have work to do. We still, yeah. I mean, there's still, there's still so much more that we can grow. Mm-hmm. And that's the cool part is because what happens as you build that momentum, don't get me wrong. You're pushing a heavy ass rock up that hill. Yeah. But once you get to the top of that hill that you're still going uphill because we're never going to slow down. So you never come back down and not in my world anyway. But what <laughs> happens is the grade gets lower. And you're pushing it, you're, you're, you have more help pushing that rock and that rock becomes lighter, yeah. right? That's, I struggle with analogy sometimes. Right? <laughs> but I let's, that. Say
1: that, let's say you're still uphill, it's just not quite as steep uh, yeah, or something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> and you have more
0: help pushing it at the yep. same time. Because now, now it's not just me and Ryan pushing the rock. It's, it's all of the 40 plus people that work under our brand.
1: Everybody's rooting And
0: for it's our 766 past clients that love us from last year that are helping push that rock too. Mm-hmm.
1: I wanna to touch on something that you said earlier with the, the stigma against uh, with um, real estate agents kind of being like a used car salesman. Um, I, th- I would argue that that's an advantage actually um, in the sense that if you're the only person <laughs> in, in a world of um, bad service, um, you're gonna stand out 10 times more when they uh, do service with like, wait, how come the only, like let's say you're a contractor or something and you show up and you you do the job really well and such like you're the go-to guy hands down. thousand percent. And if all the time your competition is being complained about, then like, yeah, yeah. yeah, No, like, so if anyone's out, if if you're worried about that, like go, no, this is a huge opportunity. Not, oh, everyone is going to think I'm a used car salesman. Go, okay, how can you change that? How can you be the go-to guy that stands out uh, that everyone goes to? hundred percent. It's in,
0: so it's turning what most people see as a negative into an opportunity, right? Like I talk about in my story, right? Um, that a lot of the hard times that I had were a blessing. Mm -hmm. It's the same mindset. That's what it takes is that now, instead of having that worrying about that stigma of, well, I don't want to be a real estate agent because I get that stigma of being the fast talker or this or that. I'm just going to tell you right now, the consumer is so smart in today's world, that shit just doesn't work, number one. Number two is if it does work, it's for a very, very short period of time because there's people like like me and there's people like you that are listening to this podcast and there's people like like that are on our team that have the best of intentions in everybody's heart that are growing in the same direction that are going to just eat those people for lunch because people... Don't want to work with people that are those fast talker, etc. So, um, quick side note: If you're worried about what do you, so if you're if you're a real estate agent and you're in sales of any sort, and you're worried about what am I going to say, I just don't know what to say to people. Do you know how many people I talked to since I started my sales journey that say, "Well, I just don't know what to say to people." I'm like, "Well, that's your problem," because sales is not about what you say; sales is about what you ask, because. Sales is so much more than here's what I have. There's these people that do these feature dumps, or they they uh, they just all this value that they just pour on people. Which there's a time and a place for that, but at the end of the day, it's about that customer, not about you. And so I remember, this is a quick tangent. I remember I took uh, somebody on a I was training them to be a listing agent on the team as we were growing, and so I went on a listing appointment. And afterwards, the appointment was over, it went great, Um, and uh, they said, well, you didn't even tell them anything about how you're the number one agent, how we outsold the next company three to one, any of that, why didn't you say any of that? And my exact response is, that's a great observation. And I want you to write that down because it's not about me. It was about that person at the other end of the table. And how did I make them feel versus me making myself feel like I'm the best. Right. I want them to feel like I'm the best, but I don't have to tell them I'm the best for them to feel that way. Because sales is about what you ask, not about what you say. All right. Anyway, yeah, let's, let's go to the next. So we're only on topic one, man. I was worried <laughs> this is going to be short. This is good stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So uh, sales versus customer service. So there's two, so many people that think that those are, those are different right? So they think they have a sales department. And then, like I said, they have a customer service department. Guess who my customer service department is? One the same. My sales department, <laughs> because part of your job is to take care of the customers and service them. It's not just, oh, we, we got the transaction done. See you later. No, we're always here as a resource, right? And so I, I would be willing to bet at almost any business um, if you own a business out there and you disagree with me let's have a conversation because I would love to debate this but it's it is 10 times cheaper to retain a customer than it is to acquire a new one 10 times cheaper maybe not immediately but ultimately at the end of this life cycle of a customer 1000% because you talk about acquiring that new customer not only do you got to get them in that funnel but now you have to educate them you have to build that trust you have to convince them that you're the right right fit versus somebody that already knows you, likes you, and trusts you is going to send you more business. Yep. And so we focus on retaining customers way more than we focus on acquiring them, even in hyper growth mode. I mean, there's years we've grew 120% year over year, right? Like we, we've over doubled in size two years. We almost doubled last year. Yep. And so when that happens, people are like, well, how are you how are you doing that? What are you doing to acquire new customers? I'm not focused on new customers. I'm focused on this person that's in front of me right now, how can I how can I better serve them? And then what happens, ultimately, you look up five years later, and you have over 400 people that call you the one to buy or sell real estate. It's mm-hmm. pretty amazing stat. I'll so, give you a
1: real world example, yeah. like actually with myself. Um, Ryan, who is uh, working with you guys, he actually sold, uh, or worked with my parents uh, to purchase a place, and they had a really good experience. And they were like, hey, we highly recommend Ryan. And so my brother used him. I used him and I recommended uh, him to my friends as well. And actually ended up uh, getting me to the point that i uh, uh, s- sought you guys out for hire as yeah. well. So part of Ryan's uh, piece actually landed me where yeah. I am today. And but think th- about that
0: ripple effect still. Exactly. Like not just those people, but how many people now are hearing this podcast to hear your story about that? Yep. How many people has your brother and your dad and your family that has, has experienced this, how many people
1: have they told? Exactly. And they're already doing the advertising for, they're already doing the convincing for you. They're saying, listen, if you're going in real estate, highly recommend start here. Like you can't go wrong at that point.
0: hundred percent. So you should, as a business owner, you should spend far more time on customer retention than customer acquisition. Like it shouldn't even be close. What are you doing every single day proactively to worry about retaining your customers? Versus how am I going to get this new leader, this new customer? Retain them first, and then they will be your biggest asset, and, re- and they, will, they will acquire new customers for you. Mm-hmm. So there was an example we were talking earlier that talks about sales versus customer service, and I got a little passionate about it, and Colin made me stop. But it was I was talking about, I remember at, from a consumer perspective. I was a young, dumb kid that couldn't barely afford this service anyway, but, as simple as it sounds, but it was Dish Network. Right. So I think I had direct TV first. So either one. Um, plug them both in there because they're both terrible. Um the, but back then that was your go-to. That was the premiere, right? Cable was kinda out. There wasn't any of these streaming services. It was like, well, you can either get cable or you can get dish, right? Which one you want? And so I went with Direct TV, I think is where I started. And so they advertised all this stuff. Nineteen ninety nine, you get this biggest package, you sign a two-year agreement, whatever. Well, what they don't tell you is after that two year agreement is up or whatever it is the price like goes up like six, seven times the amount. It went from $20 a month to over a hundred dollars a month for the same stuff. And so I called them like, Hey, what's, what is going on here? And they're like, Oh, well your contracts up. And so you do this. I'm like, well, no, if my contract is up, then I want, I seen an advertisement yesterday for the same deal that I just had last month. I want that one. Well, that only, that's only for new customers. I said, okay, well let me sign another contract. Sorry. That's not how it works. So they were focused on getting new customers. They didn't care about me anymore. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt. Yeah. In a real world example. Well, not so just it,
1: felt how it was.
0: So do you know what I did? I called Dish Network and I said, hey, you have a deal to your contract. And every two years I went back and forth between DirecTV and Dish <laughs> because that's how you get the better deal. That, I did that for 14, 16 years. Yeah. You, you do the math on how much they lost versus keeping me as a little customer. Right for that whole period of time.
1: Well, and the minute something else popped up, you jump ship because yep. that you're like, if I was anything, always looking
0: for something better. Yeah,
1: now it's like Netflix and all these uh, other things. You're like, yep, okay, I'm done. I'm done with dishes. As like, soon as my- I could
0: get rid of them, I did. Yeah. Versus if they would have done it how I would have ran the business, I'd probably still be holding on to, man, I don't want to get rid of this dish. Like, they've just done so so good for me for all these years, even in today's world, mm-hmm. right? Just think about it from that perspective. Maybe, maybe that's going over the line, but you get the point, right. right? And so, I mean, think about the cost that it takes to advertise to acquire me at the discounted rate. You know they're not making very much money those first two years, so why aren't they trying to keep the customer happy longer than that two years? They're spending millions of dollars to advertise to get you to sign up for this two-year contract at a super discounted rate me to just leave after two years, they had to send a rep out. They had to put up a new dish every time. They had to, the customer service for sending new equipment. There, there was so much cost tied into that. If they would have just realized that I need to try to retain my customers, they would probably still be a player today versus all these streaming services mm-hmm. because they would have created that loyalty.
1: Well, and it cost even beyond financial. You say, well, what's your um, your what was the, the saying, your, your brand's cost that you've lost at that point. Because at that point, you are an avid uh, marketer against both those services like you are right now. You're like, you're telling everyone, do not get Dish. Yes. do not get, uh, you know, like it's, and so you say, okay, what's the cost there? If you're building an army of people that hate your product or your service, how long before that starts to catch up with you on a regular basis? So dude, that's
0: such a great point. The turning one client into three now Dish and Direct owns the conversation anytime TV comes up uh-huh. in a negative way. Yeah. And they have for years. Yeah. And so when I got into real estate, guess who I talked to all the time? New people coming to the area. Guess what they needed when they moved? TV service. Guess what I told them not to use?
1: Either of those two services.
0: <laughs> what is the ripple effect over that period of time? Yeah. Right. And so, and how many people now in today's world are talking into microphones like us? -hmm. That are saying, hey, don't do this. Don't Don't work with that guy. Because we all know there's negative Nancy's out there, there's Karen's, there's et cetera. Of course. But those people are loud regardless. Mm -hmm. So they're loud and they sometimes people want to be negative and there's exceptions. But what I have found is if you're able to take those loud people, they're loud because they have not experienced the experience that they felt they deserved with other services. Mm -hmm. And so they're going into it with a negative mindset because they think they're gonna be let down. If you are able to take that negative Nancy, that Karen, and flip them around, they're going to be loud, and they're going to be your biggest supporter. I have, I have some clients that were, I'll just say difficult when I was practicing in the field, mm-hmm. but I always tried to do the right thing, and I always just I used that as a what can I do to be better for this person? Because there's something I'm not doing. Instead of pointing the finger, like too many people do in today's world and said, well, this person is just an asshole or this person is just that. They just can't be hap- be made happy. Right. I looked in the mirror and said, what can I do? Because I'm not holding up my end of the bargain for that person's expectations. Mm-hmm. So what can I do to be better? And so what has happened because of that, there's people from three, four, five, six years ago that I was able to turn from, they were always grumpy, upset to they still send us business today. Because I was able to build that customer loyalty and take care of that person. Because I'm telling you, those people, that's a whole other podcast. You should write that down is how to make negative customers your biggest asset. Because that's huge. Um, because that's building customer service and turning one client into three is a part of that. But there's a whole strategy behind that. So agree. All right. So, yeah, and marketing two versus, versus against is... There's so, so many people can use that on either side of the coin, right? Is like the, how many people, I heard this when I first got into radio. I've heard it all my life is, well, you can't beat word of mouth advertising. I agree. Mm -hmm. But word of mouth is going to go one way or another. Yes. And is it going to be passive or is it going to be proactive word of mouth? Right. And are you going to be talking about how Colin is the best ever? Are you going to be talking about how Colin sucks and don't use them?
1: Hopefully the first one.
0: Yeah. But, but my point is, is that. If, if you're just the neutral third party, then you're irrelevant. You are irrelevant. If they are not marketing for you, they are marketing against you. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. If your clients are not marketing for you, they are marketing against you. Because there are other businesses, other brands, other people that are going to build that loyalty and that trust and that education and, and that loyalty so that they will market for them. And so now what happens is that person that you did okay with, well, they didn't yell and scream. Guess who they're going to market for? You think they're going to talk about you at a bonfire that night? No. If you just kind of did your job? Well, they didn't complain. I did okay. No, that's not how this world works. How can you go the extra mile and go above and beyond for that person?
1: Mm-hmm. 100%. I, I saw out there in the lobby, someone had a custom cutting board with someone's logo on it for their business. And it's just one of those extra mile steps that one of the agents is taking. They're saying, you know, this person has a really fun business. As a welcome home or a welcome to their new home kind of a gift, I want to create something special yeah. for them. You better believe that that's going to be center of conversation and that experience whether it's positive or negative is multiplied every single time so every customer that you have you say how will this experience look in five years if i multiply it yeah
0: yeah and so that ties into the next part is what about having the mentality of the lifetime value of a customer Mm -hmm. instead of what is it worth to me today what is this what is this customer worth to me over the lifetime period I did an exercise for the team, I did it on a whiteboard. I took our average sales price, our average commission, For and I put myself in an agent perspective. I said, all right, you take one client, you turn them into three. How many of you want to be in real estate 10 years from now? And everybody raised their hand, right? And so what I did was, all right, you take one, it starts with one client per month. How many of you can sell one house per month? Everybody raised their hand. So we started with 12. We took one year worth of clients. And we took one of those and turned them into three. Guess what that looked like in 10 years? Tens of millions of dollars to that agent if they just focus on that one client per month and turn them into three. Tens of millions yeah. of dollars in yeah. their pocket. I don't know about you, but I'd like to make $10 million in the next 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> but too many people focus on, well, this next lead, this next lead. No, take care of the person in front of you.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I'll, I'll throw something else out Uh uh, Ryan, you know who was uh, my real estate agent. He's now moved up in the company and uh, is working um, overseeing departments. But since he uh, switched out, we had to find a new real estate agent. And just that piece of going, ah, dang it! Now we have to start all over again. Yep. Um, that piece, clients don't want to have to do that. No. Like they're like, if and not only if you're able to, to give them a decent experience, you're able to give them a great experience, they're going to come back over and over and over again. Hundred
0: percent. So too many people focus on selling, right? So especially you're a real estate agent. You think you have to sell people. Mm-hmm. You don't quit selling and start helping you. Sales is, I remember my very first sales job. I went out um, and it was like a family dinner or something. And I don't come from a wealthy family. Like I was the first salesperson, if you will, in my family. And so we went out to dinner. We were celebrating somebody's birthday or something, um, and they asked me how my sales job was going. I'm like, it's going all right. It's going good. And they're like, what, did, what is your secret? How did you learn how to, how to start selling? And I said, well, I had to simplify it. And I'd never heard it. I, just, I had self-discovered this at this point, but now it's a common thing. So I said, I had to break it down and realize that sales is nothing more than solving problems. And so what I, am, what I became great at to be a good salesperson is I'm good at digging for the problem. If I can find your problem and then I can solve it, I made a sale. What too many people do is they talk over the problem and they don't discover to get your problem. Your problem is you need a place to live. Why do you need that place to live? How soon do you need it? What? those are questions versus me saying oh well, you should work with me because of this this and this no i want you to talk so i can build that relationship mm-hmm. with you
1: well because if i feel heard if i am heard yep. you might find that you go oh well actually it doesn't make sense for you to actually purchase right now let's get you with a good renter if i'm sensing that's the direction that you're coming for you're here to help me that energy i mean that's going to change the game as far so as i've got a great
0: story about that i remember when i was first in the business i got yelled at for this but i did it because it was the right thing to do is, um, there was a, a renter that came in and I started talking to them, having a conversation, just like what we talked about. Um, and it was when I was very new to this, to, to, real estate. And so all I knew was I had to rely on my, my sales experience from the past. And all I knew was I just need to get to know them. How can I help them? Yeah. Right. And that's what I was focused on. So what are you looking for in rent? What are you looking for? Blah, blah, blah. And I, I convinced them that it may be a op- good opportunity for them to look into purchasing. They were, um, We were here in a military market and they could get a VA um, 100% loan, zero money down, and they didn't realize it. And so I was able to help them discover that, right? Well, they went back and, yeah, they went back and they talked to the lender and 15 minutes later came back up and we went and we looked at houses and they ultimately decided that it was best for them to rent because they had some other stuff going on in their personal lives. Mm -hmm. And it was, they could, at that point in time, it it just made sense for them. Um, Not to get into their business, but it just made sense for them. And so as a real estate agent, I made zero money on them renting a house i had spent all this time educating et cetera, et cetera, and i told them you know what it's probably best that you guys do rent let me help you with that and i went out and i took them and showed them rental properties i didn't get paid for doing that wow so i found them a place to rent yeah and i brought them back and i turned them in the rental apartment and said here you go sign up all the whatever mm-hmm. um and i remember the owner of the company came to me and said why did you do that i said man i'm just trying to help them like they need a place to live like they had two days to, to move into a place, and they needed one. And so I was going to help them. Yeah. Well, why didn't, you, why didn't you sell them one? And like was focusing on the why didn't I mm-hmm. instead of why did I? And so what, what I learned from that experience is, number one, always try to help people. But guess what? Those people, you know how many referrals they sent me?
1: No way. I, w- I was, I was kind of hoping. I was like, no, did tons. it? No, tons. Really?
0: Tenfold the amount of, so if you're talk, focused on money, yep. ten, ten times the amount, and then some, at least ten times the amount of money from doing the right thing for that, for that particular family. Because I was focused on how can I help them. Like literally I had people would walk in and it would be another agent would be on duty. And they'd be like, no, I'm talking. I'm here to see Matt.
1: No way. Because. Like I can help you right now. It's like, no, no, no. no. Yep. Going to him.
0: 100%. And it's because I took care of them because to your point earlier, if it's so out of the ordinary, it's so unnormal, right? The used car salesman. Well, I want to be the exact opposite. Yeah. I want to be such a good real estate agent, such a good salesperson that I'm actually helping you that you trust me and you call me and say, "Hey, should I buy this or should I not?"
1: Getting like chills and goosebumps and a, a little teary eye. That's a really dude. It's 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 real. It's so cool. So, though. But so
0: many people focus on no. I've got to do. have got to do this three-part close, and I've got to I've got to fast close, and I've got to do the mm-hmm. assumptive close, and I've got to do this and this and th-. dude, that shit doesn't work anymore. Because people see through it. And if it works, it works for a small period of time. And guess what? That person, I've seen it happen. That person moves into that house. You make that one sale. But guess what they're doing when they're, when they're go to sell it? They ain't calling you no more because they feel like you took advantage of them. Because you did. You 100%. Didn't. Instead of our phone ringing over 400 times with people that trust us because we've built this reputation by taking care of people. Has there been times where I've done that and I've lost out of money and not gotten a return? Absolutely. Yeah. But what you don't understand is that person still will remember that. And even if you don't directly feel the benefit, I'm telling you, the universe has a way of repaying good people. So always, always do the right thing.
1: I really like that idea of if you're building a future future army of people, are they fighting for you or against you? Yeah. Each person, they're going to go one way or the other. Which way did I send them in? Uh
0: yeah, man. So, um, all right, let's go on to the next point here. Um, and I just want to re- re- reiterate this from earlier is if you don't know where to start with customer service, there's three pillars. First, you have to educate them. You educate them, you build trust, and trust creates loyalty. Without loyalty, and if, you, if you're looking to go more in depth on this, there's a book out there that customer satisfaction is worthless. Customer loyalty is priceless. Highly recommend you buy it. I have, I'm going to tell on myself, I've, I bought, I've bought the book three times. Yeah. I've given away all three copies. I haven't got to read it yet. But the last person I gave it to was an agent on the team, and they brought it back. And here, uh. Colin, it was Megan. So she brought it back to me, yeah. and she said, Matt, did you write this fucking book and not tell me? She's like, everything in here is exactly what you say all the time. No way. Yeah. I've never read the book, but I've, I've studied enough and learned enough on real-world things that you have to create that loyalty. Yes. Just because the customer I mean think about that title. Customer satisfaction is worthless. Customer satisfaction is worthless. Customer loyalty is priceless. You have to create loyalty to your brand. The only way you can do that is through education and trust.
1: 100%. I'll link that in the show notes for you guys so if you want to uh just check that book out and read it let us let us know what uh you came out with. Awesome. Um and then
0: I hope you can tell part of this episode, like I thought this was going to be a short episode, so sorry. Um, uh, But it's because passion is essential to your success. You have to have passion for your product, passion for your service, passion for your clients. Without passion, you won't build that loyalty with your customers because they, even if you're a monotone personality, you don't have to be over the top, you don't have to be any of that, but whenever you, they have to be able to see your eyes light up. Right, they have to be able, to, like you said earlier, you were getting goosebumps, right? Like you have to be able to create that moment with your clients and it's easy in our business. We're able to help people buy or sell the biggest thing in their life, right? For them and their family.
1: I argue that it's easy,
0: <laughs> but yeah. It's easy, it's easy for that passion. Ah, okay. That's what I, Yeah, it's, it's easy to get that passion is what I, was, what I was meaning because it's not like we're just selling a Starbucks piece of coffee, cup of coffee, right. right? We are selling something tangible and it's a big, big purchase for their lives. But I've even seen people that get numb to that in this business, yep. and so you have to make sure you maintain that passion for helping those people. Um, and then going the extra mile—you again back to the customer satisfaction. Customer satisfaction is worthless. Don't people have? I I remember a lender used to send with me to closing packets is a customer satisfaction survey. How satisfied are you? One through five. And I remember having a conversation with that lender, and I said, you realize that this is worthless, right? Do you just want to satisfy your customers? Well, corporate, maybe do it. Just have them fill it out. All right, I guess you don't want my help. Mm-hmm. But it's not about satisfying your customers. It's about going the extra mile for them. What are you doing to go above and beyond? And so going back to your cutting board example,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you can, here's a quote to, Write this down, Colin. Yeah. But the, the value is in the inefficiencies. So what I mean by that is you can, you can automate everything. I talked about this in the last webinar we did too, um, is that you can automate everything, and automations are great. Mm-hmm. But what you can't automate is the human element. You just can't. And so I can make a process to where i bought with this company, and every closing, we gave them a custom cutting board with their name on it. And that, was, that sounds great, and it is great. But if you don't have that human interaction and you don't deliver the service that you should, they're going to bring out that cutting board and they're going to remember, oh, that was that shitty real estate agent that got me that. Yeah. Verse, it's not about the gift. Mm-hmm. It's about the experience.
1: What does it stand for?
0: Yes. It's about the experience you give to that client. And so, again, in the real estate business, too many people focus on the wrong things. We are fortunate enough to help people with the biggest purchase or sale of their lives for them and their family. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a huge, huge privilege we have to make sure we take care of people.
1: You just have to. 100%. Yeah, I, I recommend it. if you guys uh, want to do more of that, going the extra mile. Read the book Blue Fishing. Uh, it's fantastic as far as finding little ways to go the extra mile. They don't always have to cost thousands of dollars or something like that. But it's tuning into your client and saying, does this person have a dog? Well, maybe they would want like a welcome to the the home uh, package for their dog or something like that. You're you're showing intention with the gift, not hey, here's a $50 gift. Yeah. You're saying, what did, did you su- think about me? You know? I did
0: such a shitty job, I felt like I should get you a gift. <laughs> Versus, hey, I wanted to welcome you to this new home. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, I want to talk about owning the conversation. So, here's how I, I teach this. Is I teach it to, to the team about here, whenever your client goes and has dinner tonight with their friends, what is their conversation gonna be about?
1: Whatever the biggest thing is that's going on in their life.
0: Colin's heard this speech before. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what I mean by that is whenever they are buying or selling a home, as gone through that, so it's easy to forget when you're on my side of the fence as a real estate agent, but every time I go through it, even though I deal with it every day, Mm -hmm. that's still the biggest thing on my mind, Yeah. right? And so you have to be aware of that as a real estate agent. You have to be aware that that is the number one priority in their life most of the time, right? And so, when that happens, they're gonna talk about real estate all the time. They're gonna talk about the houses they've seen. They're gonna talk about how good you did or how, how hard you were to get a hold of. Yeah. That You own that narrative, but you own it one of two ways. You either, one of three ways, you either own it by being, ah, they were okay, or you own it by, they sucked, I'll never use them again, or you have to talk to my guy. Yeah. Which one do you choose? Because I always choose, I wanna be that guy. And so, you have to own the conversation when you're not there. So what I mean by that is if to build true loyalty, to build true, a true business. In, 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 my, in my standpoint, you don't have a business if you're relying on just acquisition. A business, you have a customer acquisition company at that point. You don't have a business. And so I don't want a customer acquisition company. I want a business. And I want to make sure that people know, like, and trust us and know that they're getting taken care of. And so you have to own that conversation when you're not there, whether they're at a bonfire, whether they're at a restaurant, it doesn't matter where they are but whenever they think about real estate so much. So here's another example I give. So yeah, when they're in the process of doing it, you want to own that conversation, right? hundred yeah. percent. But here's another perspective. Let's say that we go out to a bonfire, right? And we have a bon- We're in Missouri. So if you guys don't know what a bonfire is, come to Missouri. We'll show you a good time. We just throw a bunch of wood on the fire and drink beer and listen to music. Um, but it's a good time. Mm-hmm. But, um, so you go to a bonfire and everybody's just, just talking, right? Just, just small talk, whatever. Um, And then you overhear somebody across the bonfire talk about real estate. Mm -hmm. I want that person on the other end to have such a good experience that they go around the bonfire, stop their conversation and go and say, hey, did you say real estate? Yeah. Hey, I got a guy. That's owning the conversation. You weren't even a part of the conversation. You made such an impression on that person that they felt obligated to tell their friend across the bonfire that they needed to use their guy. Yeah like that's when you make an impression. And so if you don't take take every client as serious as that's what your job is, that's what you need to do, then you need to look in the mirror. Why are you really doing this? Because that should be your that should be your goal every single every single time. And if you're able to do that, you create a business that just it scales by itself. Because you have an army of people, like Colin said, yeah. that are fighting for you hmm. to continue to grow. As long as you continue to do the right thing, it sounds so simple. Like my secret to success is doing the right thing.
1: (laughs) It's like do your job and do it really well. Yeah. Yeah. But,
0: but there's so many, it's like, like my coach, John Cheplak says, it's the tiny hinges that swing the big doors. It's the little nuances in these things that make a big, big difference Mm -hmm. over a period of time. So, um, what, what are people saying behind your back? What are people saying when you're out there? How do you own that conversation? You own it one in three ways. I already went over it, right? Which way do you own it? And if you're not confident that you own it as, hey, you got to talk to my guy, Mm -hmm. there's some work you can do, right? We can take better care of those clients. We can think outside the box to, are we, there's too many people in this world that just say, well, I didn't hear a complaint and so I did good enough. Fuck good enough. I want, I want to have the best experience they've ever had in their entire life.
1: Silence is almost worse than a complaint. Like at that point, you're like, I know I need to hear a compliment behind my back because that...
0: You're not, if you're not hearing compliments, then you're not doing your job. Mm -hmm. Like if you just kind of did middle of the road where it's like, eh, maybe, maybe not. I would, I would rather to your point, I would rather have the complaint Mm -hmm. so that I can address it head on and I can try to fix it. Yeah. I think the silent majority is the problem in business. There's too many people that, oh, they did okay. Mm -hmm. But that's where businesses go to die because you don't know if they're going to use you again. You don't know if they're going to talk to your friends. You know, these 5% over here are never gonna use your business again. And you probably don't want them if you run a good business because you can't be everything to everybody. Mm -hmm. But what if you have 5% over here that you know, hey, they're a lifetime customer. What are you gonna do with the rest of the 90 in the middle?
1: I like that. Okay is where businesses go to die.
0: Oh, they did okay. No, I don't, okay sucks. Okay is like average. I don't wanna be average. All right, Um, so too many people focus on, going back to the beginning, too many people, in, especially in this business, focus on generating new leads. I'm fortunate to be a coach now, fortunate to have several coaching clients, and I'm fortunate to have people around the country that we're partnered with, with EXP and different things and just, just at these different conferences and things that come up and say, what's your secret? What's your best lead source? Mm-hmm. And
1: I could never guess. All right, here it yeah. comes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I just like... I'm not very good at hiding my, how I feel. And so I probably roll my eyes when I give them the answer. But it's just because you're asking the wrong question. Like, you, you don't get it. You don't understand. It's not about what lead source. Yes, that shit's important. Right. But if you don't have this stuff in place, that doesn't matter. Right? It, just, it's, it's, it
1: adds to it, but yes. it, it does not make the difference. It's an,
0: it's an addition. It is, not, it is not your business plan. It's an addition to your business plan. And so don't focus on just new leads. What are you doing to focus on the people that know, like, and trust you already? Mm -hmm.
1: You said this thing earlier, that um, one of the best things is that this is within your power as far as you can decide whether or not they're going to have a good experience or a bad experience and what they're going to say. You get to decide what they're going to say based on your actions. Um, And I guess one other note would be to really listen to that feedback and to not just blow it off because it's very easy to just go, ah, they're, they were just difficult or they're this or something like this. If you take what they say, that old saying, the customer is always right. It's not true, but what they perceive is truth perception is reality exactly so what they uh, their perception their reality was you were slow to respond you were bad at communicating yep. you were horrible at educating and that may be the complete opposite and there may be sometimes you just go all right flat-up lie uh, it's not gonna work sure but if you treat it as truth you go all right how can i make sure that never happens again and so when i have these difficult customers even they are like man they nailed this
0: yeah and so that's a whole nother episode. That's a great point. How to turn pissed off customers in your biggest asset. Like right? For real. Right. Yeah. Like, because yeah. the even if, even if, let me go to the extreme. Even if they're 100% out of line, mm-hmm. there is still nut, nuggets and bits and pieces that you can take from that feedback as constructive criticism to improve. Yes. And if you're not, you're too big of a fucking ego to be successful in the business world anyway. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, maybe they were an asshole. Maybe they were caring, Karen. Sure. But there's some truth to some of what they said, and that's why you got so pissed off. I'm just being, tr- I'm being real.
1: If it hurts, that's probably where you should there's keep truth. digging.
0: That's right. And so, and let's turn the ones that are just, that, that have a complaint about, well, you were slow to respond. Too many people are like, well, you have unrealistic expectations. Well, did you set the proper expectations with that person? Mm -hmm. So even if they have unrealistic expectations, a conversation goes something like, Colin, I'm so sorry you expected me to respond back with three seconds of every time you text me. That's on me. I apologize. (laughs) I should have told you that sometimes I'm with other clients like I'm with you right now and I want to give them the full attention like I'm giving you. And so my typical response time is within four hours. Mm -hmm. If it's an emergency, double dial me and I'll do my best to answer. But in most cases, I'll get back to you in that, and it's be so I can give the people the focus that they deserve just like I'm giving you. Is that fair? It's and if you have that conversation, then they feel, they feel you turn it on them, and they feel terrible because they have unreal, unre- unrealistic expectations. Yep. But if they have that, it's because you haven't set up the proper you expectations.
1: Failed to set up on the you. Pro- yeah.
0: Too many people point the finger and say, well, them, unrealistic expectations. But you have a conversation like that. It's less than 5% of people will still want that expectation. 95% of the population will be like, oh, shit, I never thought of it that way. I'm sorry. Yeah. And now you have built that respect and that rapport with that person.
1: I remember one of the agents says that, actually, this might have been you even. They just say, hey, if you notice, I'm putting my phone on silent, so uh, we can have this one-on-one time right now. So it's just you and me, we're not interrupted. And because of that, there may be times when you're trying to get a hold of me, and I'll be giving the same service to somebody else. So just want to to set that expectations. i really like that.
0: Yeah. And so my point is that a lot of things in life, I, I always look in the mirror first, mm-hmm. Accept responsibility is a huge core value for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's in every situation I own the outcome. Mm-hmm. There's something I could have done differently to have a different outcome every time. Now, sometimes I realize, all right, that person was an asshole. I could have done things better, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to. Like <laughs> that, that person go work somewhere else, yeah. but that's the exception and not the rule. And yeah. too many people use that as an excuse yeah. to not build customer loyalty, to not have a great customer service because they want to use it as the excuse of, well, that person was just an asshole. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a common theme. You're running into a lot of assholes. Have you looked in the mirror lately? Right? Like, so it's like that example of the unrealistic expectations. If you just set people down and have the honest conversation, now their expectations are realistic and they understand why. That goes back to the education. Do you know how, that's how you build loyalty is by educating them on why that is and how it's a benefit to them.
1: Mm-hmm. Educating them, when can you get a hold of me? the expectations yep. across the board, that builds trust, that builds loyalty. That turns one client into three. That's right. Colin, just wrapped it up right there. <laughs> Guys, that's, that's, that's,
0: that's the secret formula for how you turn one client into three. And if you, if you too many people, do it the opposite. They have three clients, and they end up with. They start with three, and they end up with one. I start with one and end up with three. We're playing a different game. I'm going to win every time. So I'm hoping that you take this as advice and encouragement to turn one into three, not turn three into one.
1: Hundred percent.
0: Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure that you uh, you uh, like like our podcast. Um, download it on whatever platform you're listening to. We're also on YouTube. We have a private Facebook group that'll be linked in the show notes. Make sure you join that. That's where we do some lives and exclusive content, webinars, that sort of thing. Sure.
1: Leave us a review if you can. That always helps a lot. It helps uh, get Yeah. Let's help more people.
0: Yeah. Talk about Colin's pretty hair in the review. He really (laughs) likes it. If
1: you want to see the video version, just pop on over to our YouTube (laughs) version subscribe there. You can see my hair in full HD. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, so guys, for real, this is a movement, right? We are, this is Colin and I are taking our time away from our busy schedules to give back. Like we're not getting paid to do this. This is a passion project. Uh, Maybe Colin's getting paid. I'm not getting paid. (laughs) Um, But Colin's doing it out of the goodness of his heart too, just to give back. And it's, it's one of those things that it's, I'm trying to make a difference. And so if you don't mind, share the show, whatever platform you're watching on, like it, download it, leave a review, um, just to really help this grow, help this movement grow. And if you found something of value here, share it with a friend.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll throw in one other thing. If you guys uh, wouldn't mind, ha- drop some of your stories of where you've turned one client into three in the, in the group chat, yeah. um, just because uh, I'd be interested to hear. I know that p- there's more than just us who have uh, been able to have that experience. Awesome. Love it.
0: Thanks Thanks, guys. guys. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining this movement and uh, we'll talk to you next time.